Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London's Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I'm your host, Jessie Parker Humphreys, joined by Abdullah Abdullah for a 2023 year in review special. Abdullah, these things are always kind of like weird because football years, football years works in seasons, not years. But it's the end of 2023, so we're going to make it into a, a year thing. I guess so it's like half of last season and half of this season so it kind of you got it yeah you know it's like but then are we biased towards one or the other because you know like emotional things happen at the end of seasons maybe not so cool things happen at the beginning of season so you know where do you draw the line yeah I know it's tough and also like my least favorite kind of stat is when people are like blah blah did this in a calendar year because I'm like that doesn't count doesn't make any sense But now I'm doing it. So I'm just a hypocrite. But guys, it is, we are coming to the end of 2023. And it is fun, like, sort of looking back on this year. It's been a pretty momentous year for for Chelsea. I think made more momentous by Emma's announcement towards the end of it. Um... But the main thing when I was putting this together was like, we signed so many players in the summer. But if we get into it, if we start with this, one of the highlights of my year, even though it didn't amount to anything, Abdullah, January 28th, story comes out, end of the transfer window, that we had put in a bid for Katie McCabe that Arsenal had rejected. And... I just don't think there was, like, a better Twitter moment this year. Unfortunately, I think 2023 peaked on Twitter then. Yeah, I mean, that... I remember when that news came out, it was like, okay. um, It was like, okay, we are bidding for... We are bidding for Katie McCabe, and it's rejected. Was that more of a, hey, Katie McCabe wants a new contract? Are we actually going... Do we really need Katie McCabe? And obviously, in hindsight, probably didn't because of... uh, New Charles's emergence, but that was like that was like silly season in January, and I was like, "What are we doing? Why are we doing this?" So, yeah, that in itself, I think, was uh, was a little bit crazy. But you know what? It's um, it it is what it is. Here we are. Yeah, I just feel like I'm quite sad it didn't happen, just because I feel like it'd have been so funny on the Arsenal fans, um, and. I wouldn't have been mad about it, to be totally honest. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think that was like a big sort of moment in January. Um, I, I feel like generally the start of the year was quite quiet. It was like a pretty sort of standard. We obviously signed Micah in January as well. But I think sort of that's that's felt like it's got more important as the year gone on. Because at the time we were a bit like, who exactly is this gal? Um, but we were really sort of just plugging away. And actually, I feel like, the first really noticeable thing of 2023 in sort of just general Chelsea was March 5th, which was when we lost the Conti Cup final to Arsenal. This was a, this was a low light. And this is going to be a theme. Lots of my low lights are Arsenal related. Abdullah, what cast your mind back to that Conti Cup final? In Now at the end of the year, how do you reflect on it? How do you feel about that? I mean, it was a bad loss. Let's be real. It wasn't It wasn't great. It was a bad loss. But I think the biggest thing about that game was that 
it turned out to be a turning point for us in the sense that all right, it was like a wake up call for Chelsea. All right, early on, Conti Cup. It's not. It's a, it's what the first final of the season. You know what happens, and I think I think we were going well, and I think that was the game that kind of turned uh, turned it around and just kind of forced us into um, forced us into into maybe getting our act together and just be, all right, we cannot afford any more mistakes. And at this point, we need to just be focused. So in, in, a, in a weird way, um, in a weird way, it was like, all right, we lost the game badly, but it was one of those where we're like, all right, it, it allowed us to go on a big run towards the end of the season and then end up giving us, um, giving us the win. So I think, I think it was maybe a necessary bad moment that was needed so that the rest of the season could be a success we got to a champions league semi-final almost beating barcelona with like 15 minutes to go and then we won the league pretty well so you know what it's fine i will take a conti cup final loss because of the trade-off that we did get but i think it was maybe a needed loss to kind of get the team into gear yeah, from a personal level, I'm still fuming that I ran a half marathon in Cambridge the morning of this game <laughs> and came back to this. I will also say, being three on down to Arsenal at halftime, I have never drank a halftime pint quicker until we were at the Emirates and we were three on down to Arsenal at halftime this month. So I like a halftime against Arsenal is not good vibes unless you're at the bar of whatever bit I'm in. The other thing I will say that came out of the Conti Cup is one of my favourite Emma Hayes moments of 2023, which I feel like was a classic sort of Hayes. You interpret it whatever way you want, depending on how much you like her, when she basically said that Arsenal looked like a team who hadn't won trophy in a very long time. I think it was a fair analysis, but it was also a classic, like, great dig at Arsenal unfortunately slash fortunately i can't decide if i find it funny like how big they go on the conti cup which i like i would be the same if i was in their position obviously like a trophy is a trophy um and it still rattles me a little bit but then i'm like as you're saying like you look at what we did the rest of the season i'm like maybe i don't this doesn't have to matter so much but i want 2024 to be the year of not getting battered in the conti cup final and i don't care if that means we go out earlier or we win it I mean, I'd like it to be that we win it, but I, I do not want a third year in a row Conti Cup final battering. That's my request. That's my yeah. that's my Christmas wish, is that that doesn't happen. That is fair. That is fair. I mean, listen, if we if we can win it, we finally get to win it again, number one. And I think it'll be good for the extended squad that we will then rotate around to maybe feel like, I mean, obviously everybody's contributing, but let's just say Hannah Hampton plays a couple of games in the Conti Cup. Uh, you got more of your 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 other non starters that end up playing, and then suddenly they feel like, oh, cool, like we've helped win a trophy, and then confidence boost, and everybody goes ahead. And listen, it's a trophy, like you said, we win a trophy, and as long as we don't let anybody else win it, I think we're good. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the start of March was bad, but the end of March was pretty iconic. Thirtieth uh, of March, Leon visit Stamford Bridge. And we pay witness to maybe the craziest game I've ever seen as a as a Chelsea fan. It looked like it was all over. Leon managing to go 2-0 up an extra time. And then somehow 
LJ wins the penalty. Maramielda steps up, locks, kick of the game. Everything that happens after that is is obviously history. Um, I do think genuinely, Abdullah, despite us, you know, then getting knocked out in the semi-finals, it will be hard to ever imagine like a night quite like that one. I I still don't think actually, you know, nine months on, I've even entirely processed everything that that happens on in that game. With someone with a stake on both sides, I still can't process it either way. Like, I'm still here sitting in shock. Like, how did that, both literally the same reaction, how did that happen both from a Leon perspective and a Chelsea perspective? Okay, how did that game even, how did that game even happen? Oh man, that is, that was, I mean, you're, you're right. Like it was, it was a crazy game. The fact that Chelsea, I think, I think what I will say is, um, I think what I will say is that I think it just showed that, you know, despite everything, Chelsea's commitment to go and make sure they win the game and get something out of it. I think that commitment was, was, um, was telling and, Sometimes I think you need a little bit of luck and refereeing decisions to go your way. In this case, it helped with LJ getting the penalty late late in the game. Marin steps up, obviously, you know, with the Marinaissance season that she had. Um, and then we just go ahead and then win it on penalties, which I just, at the end of like, AKB just came up and, and did it. It just, it, it very much reminded me of Chelsea's men's run at the 2012 Champions League, where just like things just went their way in that season. and. In this game, just it went Chelsea's way. And I can't put it anything other than just down to the game just wanted Chelsea to win that. And it was it was like what Leon could have scored four. Chelsea would have made it four, four, and one on penalties. Like it was that kind of game for me. But it was crazy. It's such a I don't know how you top that sort of game in terms of drama, excitement, and not just against anybody. Like, okay, you do that against a Bayern or a Wolfsburg, you're like. Right, it was it was interesting. No, you do it against it's Leon. Leon. It's Leon, right? You do it against Leon. You're like, oh my god, we just did that against Leon, the, the one team that has been the nemesis of Emma Hayes, and she finally went and did it. Like maybe not under the circumstances and the way that she would have wanted to, then yeah, but still, she did it. Like Lindsay Horan having her penalty saved, like that will be with me until my dying day because of how much I enjoyed it. And I will also say an underrated moment of 2023 for me remains Jess Carter's penalty in that penalty shootout because that was so unexpected. And I actually can't believe that England didn't get to take one. I mean, not that it mattered, but like in the in the Nigeria game because she had balls in taking that penalty. Um, obviously winning that Leon game uh, took us through to the semifinals, which took place in April obviously losing the first leg 1-0 at Stamford Bridge before heading to Camp Nou and drawing 1-1. I think this game at Camp Nou, Abdullah, is like a really bittersweet sort of moment for me because I really, really enjoyed the game, uh, even though we got knocked out, even though obviously like it, it totally sucked not to get to participate in the final, but I felt like our performance at Camp Nou, getting to see a score there, um, being able to get the draw, uh, feeling how nervous like all of those fans got to the end of the game, and like 
genuinely feeling like we were really in the semi-final. In, in some ways, you're like, oh, this feels like a bit small fry. Like, it's Chelsea. Like, we, sh- we should want more. But it did genuinely feel like a really amazing moment, I think. Yeah, it was. And, and, and like you said, I think it was one of those games where despite losing, you were, you were very proud of the performance because of the way they played and they got so close, uh, so close to, um, to winning the game because it was almost like, all right, we get there, we push and okay, fine. We lost the first leg one nil, but going into the second one, you're like, maybe there's a chance, maybe we can do something, maybe we're there. And then when you, when, when Guru equalizes, you're like, okay, don't get my hopes up. And then as you go, you're like, okay. And then the, the way they played, I think the biggest thing about that game was they exceeded expectations to what everybody had and what we had going into that game. I think they really expected ex- expectations. There were players that stepped up that I don't think we knew were able to step up in a game of that magnitude. And I think that was probably the best thing about the game. So when you do get out, like that it's it's almost like okay fine we've been we've been knocked out but that performance was something to build on and i think it was another one of those turning turning points and moments that kicked on to help us win the trophies that we did and i think it's given the players that the, the kind of the the confidence that i think we're seeing now in the second half and the first half of this season where we're winning games yes we lost to austin we just got battered 4-1 at the emirates but you know to keep the composure and, and thing to keep the game against City 1-1 where really they didn't maybe they didn't deserve to win that because City just played a lot better even with nine players on the pitch overall fine they lost to Arsenal and you could almost say that these two big games Chelsea didn't show up but the fact that they okay they lost one deservedly against Arsenal but they held into the City game and maybe now they can go into the rest of these games and take back the, the performance and the experience from the Barcelona games and kind of go in now and be like, all right, we've done it against big teams before. If we can do it against Barcelona, we can do it against anybody. And I think we can kind of move from there. And obviously other reasons why we maybe would have lost it, lost these games. But um, but yeah, no, I think those that game was significant, not just from a, a results perspective. I mean, from a performance perspective, but I think mentally, I think it helps as well. Yeah, and I think it's something that maybe we'll only see the like, real benefits of potentially when we get into the Champions League um, knockout stages this year, if we get into the Champions League knockout <laughs> stages, still sort of crossing our fingers on that one, but we are in a good position right now at least, and I think yeah, having that kind of uh, performances in those games was was really, really crucial. Um, that took us into May where we won the FA Cup on the 14th for the third consecutive time in a row, uh, beating United 1-0 at Wembley. We then signed Shokunuskan on the 16th of May in one of our, one of many out of the blue sort of signings that were going to come. On the 20th, we beat Arsenal at Kings Meadow and said goodbye to Magda and Panilla. And then finally on the 27th, we won the league at Reading um, as they got relegated on that day as well. May's always such a crazy month, Abdullah, because everything sort of wraps up. I feel like the added weight of saying goodbye to Magda and Panilla made it feel... Um, extra intense, extra emotional. It's kind of crazy to think that we're going to do all of that again in 2024, but with Emma Hayes this time. What was sort of your favourite moment uh, from May? Um, I think if you take out winning the the trophies, because obviously when you win the league, I think for me, the league more than the FA Cup, like it's a huge moment. We win the fourth consecutive league, whatever. But I think for me, my my thing from that, I think was, was the Shuk and Nuskin signing. Because I think beating Arsenal at Kings Meadow was massive, but I almost felt like that was in the bag for Chelsea just because they were so close to winning the title that you're like, 
you win this game, you're practically going to win the title. And I think the players were really drilled in with the experience and everything. So I think that was almost expected. But I think the Shuka Niskan signing was big just because you look now, she's become such an important player that, you know, you, you go back at the time, that was a pivotal moment. I think we, I think for, for the rest the ones that kind of knew about her from before and, and kind of knew what she was about, you're like, if you're going to, if you can't get Lena Oberdorf, you're getting the other Lena Oberdorf, basically, in Shukaniskan. And the fact that we got her was such an exciting moment that it kind of became what I think a lot of us would expect to be such a big, pivotal moment that, um, yeah, I think for me, it was definitely that signing and obviously the start of, uh, the start of, you know, what we, what we, what we now have is this, is this new squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, uh, FA Cup was obviously amazing. Seeing Sam backflip at Wembley, even though the backflips have been uh, retired now, that was really really cool to get to see her do it there. I fe- feel like lots of her backflips before had been in like games where she'd like got hat tricks against Birmingham or whatever, and it was really cool to see her do one in like a really really legit moment um, at such an iconic ground. I feel like beating Arsenal at Kings Meadow almost was better than actually winning the league at Reading just because that was the moment where I was like, we're going to win the league. Also, Kate McCabe missed a penalty. That was funny. Also, Magda scored on her final home game. Also, then everyone cried um, at her goodbye speech. Um, I think that was like one of my favourite days at Kings Meadow um, for a long, long time. I think it was a really, really nice way to sort of wrap things up. Uh, obviously, like being at Reading was great. I've got to be honest, guys. I, got, I was so trash for that game. <laughs> Um, Flo Lloyd Hughes drove me drove me to the match and um, we had to get there really early because she was working and I wasn't working so I was just living life in the sunshine at the Heineken beer cart outside the select car leasing stadium um, but yeah that, that was obviously that was a great game and yeah it was. I think it was funny because we hadn't not won the league at Kings Meadow for quite a while so I think it felt like quite a strange experience to be somewhere somewhere else obviously United have just announced that um, final game of the season this year is going to be played at Old Trafford. So that could potentially be mad if we, we were able to lift the trophy there on the final day. That would feel like pretty cool. But, you know, it's at Carl Leasing Stadium. That's cool as well. Um, so that basically wraps up that bit of the season. Let's take a we'll take an ad break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about what happened in the second half of 2023. All right, Chess fans, we're back with another partnership through the end of the year. We got NordVPN coming at you to make sure you are safe and you're able to watch Chelsea no matter where you are traveling during the holiday season. A lot of you know I just got back from Costa Rica from Thanksgiving with the family, and guess what? I used a VPN to watch Chelsea while I was traveling. Uh, I was able to watch it on Peacock, no problems at all. So if you're traveling out of the country this holiday season, make sure to get NordVPN so you don't miss uh, when we play Wolves on the 24th, when we play again after Boxing Day, and again, before the end of the year there are tons of matches coming up you don't want to miss a single one the other thing to think about are you want to see, watch match of the day are you trying to see the bbc coverage sky coverage you can do it with over 5,000 servers from nordvpn so if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue you're going to go ahead and pick the plan that's right for you and we're going to give you four extra months for being a fan 
of London is Blue. That's right. You get an extra four months hanging out with us. We absolutely appreciate you checking them out. Now, if you aren't using a VPN, hey, I hate to break it to you. You're the only one. Not only do they keep you secure and all your information is encrypted, no more IP address tracking. The other thing is they've doubled down and they've added threat protection feature. So say goodbye to intrusive website ads, malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. Try it. Huge holiday deal. There's no risk. You get a 30 day money back guarantee with NordVPN. That's how much they believe in the product. Support our sponsor, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. Go watch match today. Go watch Chelsea if you're traveling. Never going to have to worry about being tracked on the internet again. Link in the description. You know what to do. So June and July, this is where all the signings sort of come in. I've picked out some of the like really big ones. Uh, 9th, obviously, Katamarina Cario's announced. 30th, Ashley Lawrence is announced. 4th of July, Hannah Hampton is announced. Uh, Abdullah, I, th- I feel like the Kat Makaro one is, is really funny because that felt like, to me, the signing of the summer. I think maybe except the Russo to Arsenal one, like of any club. Um... And Kat Macario is obviously the bigger player, in my opinion. But what's made it feel maybe understated is the fact that we've not seen her play yet. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like, it, well, I think when we yeah when we got the news that um, that Kat was signing, I mean, again, someone that's been seeing her for the last couple of years. Obviously, she won the Champions League, and I think she I thought she was a big part of that Champions League win against Barcelona a couple of seasons ago. You see the caliber player you're picking up there, like, okay, like we've got a player. We've really managed to really beat out some competition and get a top, top player. And I don't think I've seen fanfare and excitement behind a player that's practically was we knew was injured going in, but the amount of like she she kind of resembles the whole Christopher and Kunku thing. I know going back to the men's team's reference, but it's like it's like him, right? He hasn't even kicked the ball. I mean, he played a, like a game of preseason or two, but like she hasn't even kicked the ball and we're all clamoring like, oh my God, we can't wait to see Kat Makari play. She's going to be amazing, signing of the summer. Da, 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 da. And I think that was a huge pivotal moment. And I think out of all those signings, uh, especially you go on the ninth with Makario, while everybody is big and everybody was a thing but i yeah i think i agree with you i think cat macario probably was the standout big name signing uh of the summer and the one that i think will i think will make the biggest difference in the long run uh for chelsea so um yeah i'm excited to see and and and, and let's be real she's still young she's a lot more to grow you know and she's she's trained with some of the best strikers i mean imagine that cat macario i have trained and played with Ada Hagerberg. I have now trained and played with Sam Kerr. I mean, look, look at that list of strikers she's partnered up with. So, I mean, that in itself, just to take the knowledge of Arda to come into Chelsea and then take the knowledge that she has, plus whatever she learns of Sam and Fran. I mean, you, you're arguably looking at one of the best signings in the world going in the next couple of years. Yeah, fingers crossed we get to see a hell of a lot more of Kat in 2024. Hannah Hampson, I think, was just fun because that was when we all realised, holy shit, we've got so many goalkeepers. What on earth is going on? So I think that was very amusing. I've got to be honest, Abdullah, at the end of 2023, are you any clearer on the goalkeeping situation at Chelsea? By the virtue of the fact that Hannah Hampton started the game last weekend? No, because it's like, what happens now? Is, is Everard part of the investment portfolio that comes in, has a great season, and gets sold, if we're, if we're using that analogy? 
uh, is Hannah Hampton going to be the surprise number one going into 2024, you know, season? And is it Sheeran AKB just like, well, great, you know, can't do anything about it. So I, I honestly, I don't even know where we're going with uh, uh, where we're where we're going with where we're going with this, but um, it's insane. I really don't know who's going to do what, but uh, yeah, let's let's just call Hannah Hampton the number one for Chelsea in like six months' time, and then we can get we can end it there. Let's hope 2024 is the year we get um, some more lights shone on that situation. August, and obviously most of July as well, was the World Cup. Um, Abdullah, any particular Chelsea moments, Chelsea highlights from this one? Um, I think mine personally is is Sam's goal against England in the semi-final. I was so, so gutted for her when she picked up her injury and like what she ended up missing out on at a World Cup, which... She played such a huge role in in getting to Australia and in pushing women's football in sort of like uh, the Australian public's imagination. And for her to get an opportunity to play in the semi-final, to score a goal as amazing as that, and I didn't even have to be sad because England still won anyway, it pretty much topped off like an ideal day for me. And she scored it at the end I was sat at, so I got a really good view of it. So that was sort of my personal Chelsea-themed World Cup highlight. I think yeah, that was I think that was a good one. I think for me, it was just seeing the lionesses reach the final, and then you had Jess Carter. I think especially starting alongside Millie Bright was probably my favorite because mainly because two year two seasons ago, or even a season and a half ago, we were sitting here going, "Is Jess good enough for Chelsea? Does she have a position? Can she make it at Chelsea?" And in a year season on, she goes and start not even just starts for Chelsea, starts for England at fullback, gets moved to centre-back because of injuries and stuff. It remains there, part of an amazing defence that gets to the World Cup final and just narrowly misses out. And now we see the real Jess Carson. I'm like, that trajectory from where she was to getting to that World Cup and starting at centre-back, and you have two Chelsea players at the heart of defence. I mean, that for me was the biggest highlight. And to get to a final, I think for me that was that was massive. Yeah, I totally agree. And also a shout out to Captain Millie Bright because she's such an underrated player and getting to see her captain Chelsea and England this year has been amazing. And, you know, I think the Chelsea girls, for whatever reason, don't get as much attention always in the media as some of the other Lionesses girls. And that is what it is ultimately. But, like, having watched Millie be at Chelsea and develop and grow as a player for such a long period of time to see her lead out England in a world cup final was, was genuinely like bonkers. Um, and I love that for her and I'm really, really glad she, she got to experience that in her career because it was very, very well deserved. So obviously we then sort of moved into the season. Not much really went on in September. If we're totally honest, um, we had the sort of fun, uh, little Roma game at King's Meadow uh, and just, just generally mysteriousness around Chelsea as there normally is. Anything that stood out for you sort of in that first month of October, obviously before we we got to Emma Hayes's uh, announcement in November. Um, I'm trying to think back at sort of on, on what those games were. I feel like the Emma Hayes announcement really was just so big. <laughs> it kind of feels like that got in the way of almost everything in in the um in the start of the season i guess the city game was kind of dramatic um but almost also a bit disappointing i will i will shout out i guess from this time the the opener um 
Mia Fischel debuting in that Spurs game. I think her getting a goal at Stamford Bridge was was a really cool moment. I know we've not necessarily seen as much of her since, um, but I thought that was a really strong debut. Yeah, I I think I think that was um that was massive and and I think the way we the way we've kind of integrated a lot of these new players that have come in I think has been really really good and I think what's also been what's also really helped us is that um the players from last season who um the players from last season have finally settled in uh, and I think they have helped ease the burden of new players because if you look at a Neil Charles or look at a JRK or uh, players like that or an Eve, because they've been there a season and usually some players will kind of still be a little bit iffy in the second season going in and maybe get better later. But like these three players took off to the point where they've now become, at least two of them have become first team starters, first team on the team sheet. And it's eased the pressure off the new players. So you kind of move on from, from, uh, from having to do that. So when you have players like Shuka who come in and 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 Ashley Lawrence and 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 players like that, you know, and me official as well, like you said, they don't have as much pressure because now you have you know you have this entire squad to kind of help you settle in and not just like have Chelsea to rely on, you know, maybe a certain number of players and then they they play less because you know, the, the fringe players aren't playing well, so you can't really integrate the new players as, as easily. So you're stuck with the same team and you can, you know, you ball into those uh, those issues. So I think I think I think that just becomes important. And I think it just helps that uh, you know, obviously with Sam being injured, Mia coming in and kind of I think has settled in pretty decently well, all things considered, and maybe could score a few more goals with a few more minutes, but you know, I thought I thought she had been solid for us so far. Definitely. Um November obviously is Emma Hayes' big announcement coming off the back of that amazing win against Aston Villa, which is really funny because I feel like that should have been one of the most enjoyable games of the season so far, but it's so tainted by it. How, we're obviously sort of like all close to two months on from it. How how are you feeling about it now, Abdullah? I think it's going to hit harder once we get to the end of the season and it's like, okay, it's over. Like, it's really over. But I think for now, I've kind of digested it. I've kind of taken it in and I've kind of just living with it if you know what i mean like it's just like all right it's happening we know it's happening we have six months to digest it i don't think until she doesn't leave the building so to speak i don't think it'll really hit and i think it also i don't think i don't know if there's anybody out there that can come in replace emma hayes uh and you kind of go and say oh this is this is the coach that will you know okay there's anybody to replace it was her and then you you get that effect I don't think there's anybody out there unless we don't know. But I also think it will just depend on who comes in to kind of see how much of that pain is eased. But I think in general, kind of just take it on board and we just kind of move. The initial shock's gone. So at least now we know what we're getting into. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like we're kind of in this like liminal space where by we know it's happening, but it also feels like things have gone back to business as usual. And then yeah. occasionally I remember like it is happening and that makes it feel extra weird. I think obviously as the season goes on, it's probably going to become more real, especially, you know, assuming the club are going to hire someone potentially in the first couple of months of 2024. I can't imagine they're going to want to wait a huge amount longer than that, even if they do want to do like quite a rigorous process, understandably. So I feel like it will only really sink in when we've got and we know who's coming in next. And obviously that's going to be really one of the really fascinating things to keep an eye on in 2024. Um, 
Other standout moments, I guess, from November is the bizarreness of the Real Madrid game uh, and the penalty that wasn't a penalty and the offside goal that wasn't offside. That, like, I think will have to go down whatever happens in the rest of the season is like one of the most oddest decisions I've I've sat through during a game. December's been a funny one. It's been a funny month to finish off the year because obviously the Arsenal loss felt like it was a really big moment, um, which definitely hurts, but became then weirder by the fact that then Arsenal lost the North London derby. So we do get to finish the year, top of the league, three points clear. Then we've got the Hecken games as well, whereby... In the nil-nil, I think we kind of play well, but it doesn't quite work out. And then in 3-1, I'm not sure we do play as well, but it does work out. So we're top of the Champions League group. But it's it's a bit a funny month, Abdullah. And I think this was maybe the month whereby the Emma Hayes news... <laughs> don't know if it affected it so much, but it felt like before like Chelsea were really in the rhythm and then the international break happened and it all felt like it got a bit of a mess. And I think everyone was ready for a break. Yeah, I think so. I think I think the way we um the way the way we've been going and then the way things were going, I think I think yeah, like I think you could see it in in the last game when Neve Charles was like got sent off, like tiredness kicking in. I think it's just there was just a lot of football being played, and you're like, okay, it's a good time for a break. I think I think Neve was a different story, obviously having played like a gazillion games of football, continuously being. Um, being this left back, but yeah, I think I think the players need a break. I think I think everyone needs some time away. Um, some players need need the rest to kind of just get some fitness up and come back. Obviously, we're slowly starting to see Sam come back. Fran, uh, same thing. We haven't seen um, Yelena Kankovic in like forever. I think I think a lot of people have probably forgotten about it, but Yelena has been like out of the squad since like the you know the second month of the season. So. It's uh, you know, we get her back for the second half of the season, they'll be good. So no, I think in general, I think we need uh, uh we need um we need this break and um you know it's it's good to just go refresh, step away, and you know, like doesn't doesn't distance make the heart grow fonder? So, you know, that sort of thing that we go with that vibe. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll take another break here and then we're gonna finish off with some of our favorite moments of the year, as well as some of your highlights and lowlights. So some quick fire-ish questions. You're allowed to elaborate on your answers, Abdullah. Uh, favorite match from 2023? Um, I will say Barca away. I know we lost, but I thought that was just an exciting game. It was one of my favorites. Performance-wise and everything, I thought it was tactically such a good game. So Barca away for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Leon at the bridge just because it's still crazy madness um i did really enjoy barca away but i think leon at the bridge in just actually the only thing i'll say about it is the thing that makes me like not sad but like i really thought that was going to be our Stamford bridge moment and it was going to sort of really like turn a lot of people on to like chelsea playing there and that obviously hasn't happened this year and i really hope that's something we see more of in 2024 because we are going to play a lot of games there that's just the way it is now but um I felt like we'd really not had that moment with Stamford Bridge going fans and bigger crowds that really like pushed the dial on like what this team could mean um and even though it hasn't necessarily happened yet I, I would I do wonder how much like 
that changed things for some people who were there that night because I like I thought it was just such an incredible, incredible moment. Favorite goal? Um, I was thinking about it. I think I've come to the conclusion that um, it was away at the Emirates, Sam Kerr's late header from a Yelena Kankovic cross when Yelena came on and had that from from halfway eyes. That was such a good moment. I think it was the moment everything, but to come back in that game, that 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 first of all, that cross was exquisite, and then just Sam's movement to get on the end of that, I think, was just insane. So for me, it's definitely that Sam Kerr header away at the Emirates. That's a great shout. And that must have basically been our, our first uh, goal of the year, effectively. Yeah. So I, I really like that one. Um, I've kind of got, I think my favourite one, I want to give an honourable mention to like seven of Lauren James's. No, not seven. Like a couple of <laughs> Lauren James's. I thought both of hers against Liverpool at the bridge were, sorry, well, three of hers against Liverpool at the bridge were amazing. But the first two in particular, I thought were, were fantastic uh, finishes. I also thought her goal against Bristol City, this is real recency bias, by the way, but goal against Bristol City, Aaron's against Bristol City as well. They were both amazing. But for me, Guru at Camp Nou, um, it, it's not like the best goal you're going to see ever, but it was my favourite goal because, yeah, hearing that football ground just go silent, feeling like we were back in the game, feeling like we got this opportunity to really push Barcelona at the end. Um just getting to see us score there, I that was amazing. That was like worth the entire trip for me. Um, off pitch moment. You know, I was thinking about it. I couldn't think of much. I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that guy, and I'm gonna steal yours as well. And I know it's yours first, but yeah, I think JRK dancing is such a such an iconic moment. Actually, no, actually, I will say my own one. I like you know those videos that Chelsea keep posting on socials where they do all these BTSs when they're at those photo shoots and then they start asking, I think it's Hannah Hampton going around to everybody going, how do you say goal? Or I think it was like, you scored a goal or one nil or something, asking all the players in like different languages. So like all of them start going like Swedish and French. It's like, how do you say you scored a goal? And it's just, it's just, it's just this random movement of like, uh, of like, how do you say this? And everyone starts looking at her like, why are you asking this stupid question? I think for me, that was, that. I think that that bonding that they had in that moment, I think that was probably my favorite off-pitch moment just to see that. Yeah, JRK dancing. I'm just like, I just don't know if it can be topped. I mean, the dancing, the, the Instagram live after we won the league, also great fun. But JRK, I just, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um and I'm just totally, totally obsessed with it. And I love seeing it everywhere all the time. Uh New Year resolution for Chelsea. Um this we have to do it. Get a new manager as soon as possible. I mean, like, <laughs> what else are we gonna do? Like, that's the biggest glaring issue. Like, guys, let's just fix that. Everything else is oh yeah, oh, and tie down Sam Kerr, please. That's probably my other one. Please tie down Sam Kerr. That's a good one. Um, I know as we're recording, I feel like Christy Mears to West Ham is about to be announced. They've put out a bat signal video. So maybe that links into your New Year's resolution there. Mine will be, yes, hire a new manager. But also my New Year's resolution for Chelsea is learn how to come from two goals down. Because it's annoying me. Even better, don't go two goals down. But if you do, 
Learn how to come back from it. And also admit <laughs> that you do go two goals down and you're and not going to come back. And admit it too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly that. Um, okay, let's just finish off with some of yours. Uh, Ollie Glanville comes in with select car leasing as his highlight. Carlotta says... Leon at home can't beat it. Chelsea Women Daily say highlight is winning the FA Cup in front of a record crowd as well as doing the four-peat low light Emma Hayes' departure with you on that one. Rachel says that pen against Leon at the bridge. I like that. That's really narrowing it down. Um, don't I know which one you mean. Like You don't have to specify. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, Joe Boy says Chelsea winning the FA Cup against United and beating them at home again to stop their title challenge. Up the trail says Leon home for sure. Low light Arsenal away and the way Emma Hayes' departure was announced. Keith goes with Marimielda coming back after her injury. That That's a really like nice one as well. Um, I'm glad we've had plenty of highlights. It's been a pretty amazing 2023, all things considered, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I think I think there have been plenty of highlights, lowlights, but I think we've had more positive moments and um, I'm excited to see where uh, 2024 takes us and how we go. Hopefully it just means more trophies, more winning, and uh, we sign some really cool players. Amen to that. All right, everyone, that wraps us up on this episode. Thank you so much. If you have been listening to us in 2023, we really, really appreciate your support. Um, if you want to rate us if you want to leave a review that would be much appreciated um but thank you for letting us natter in your ears all year we'll be doing the same in 2024 so we'll be back with you then chelsea's first game is on the 14th of jan against west ham in the fa cup but we'll be back um before then do not worry about that but for now thank you abdullah thank you very much appreciate it and thank you listeners happy new year happy new year <laughs>